Figure Podcast. Welcome back to the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. As you heard from the great Joel Gertner, I'm your host, Will the Thrill. And I'm your co-host, Joe Static. Hey, Joe, what's up, man? How you doing this week? Hanging in there, man. Getting ready for the holidays. We got Christmas this upcoming week. Christmas Eve, Christmas. You know, a busy week ahead. But just getting ready for the holidays, man. Yeah, it'll be a little bit hectic as we move up to the relaxing holiday weekend. But I can't wait for that. The one thing that's great about this holiday period is, you know, usually you're spending time in the car, maybe not so much this year. Maybe you're just hanging around the house and you can always throw that radio on, always throw on podcast, including ours, the Squared Circle Action Figure podcast. And you can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, including Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Tune in. What was funny, Joe, I forgot that we signed up for Pandora and they literally just approved us. I think it took like seven months, bro. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We, we never mentioned Pandora on the show. I know. It's pretty interesting. I guess I initially signed up and it just took them so long to approve the podcast, but we're on Pandora now too, man. That's awesome. So again, if you're sitting back, relaxing over the holidays, be sure to go to Podbean, go to Pandora, go to Google Podcasts, iTunes, hit that play button on all our episodes. Check some of our uh, younger episodes out. I, for one, I like some of our younger episodes. I think they're good. And what we like to do here on the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast is tell stories. We like to kind of interconnect a lot of things. So if you're listening now or you're a new listener and you're not getting some of it, you know, I mean, it's kind of like inside joke stuff. Go back, go back to the archive. Listen to a couple of those episodes because we did a lot of good stuff early on, right, Joe? Yeah, for sure. Even the first episode, I think episode one till now, every episode's pretty solid. I mean, every episode was stacked, you know, with our format. We had, you know, the Jeremy Pradauer Q&A. We had Junk Shop Dog. I mean, you go back a couple episodes, I mean... Every episode's pretty stacked, you know? It is, Joe. So definitely go back during the holiday downtime and listen to some of those podcast episodes. What is also awesome is we continue to get positive reviews on iTunes. So again, they're sprinkled in here and there, which is great. So our listeners are listening, they're liking our content, and they're writing great reviews for us. But even if you don't like us, write a review because we're going to pretty much just repost it on both Instagram and Twitter at SQDCircleAFP. So give us a follow on both Instagram and Twitter at SQDCircleAFP. And we'll joke around, even if you give us a one-star review, you know, right, Joe? I mean, we like to have fun here at the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. Yeah, even if you give us a one-star, you know, you call us pieces of crap, make fun of us, that's okay, because that's the stuff we enjoy deep down. 
So if you want to leave those one-star reviews, you know, try to make it a little constructive. Hey, you know, it's free speech. You want to throw some shade our way? That's okay. Of course. We take the punches. We roll with the punches here, Joe. I think we've done that our entire lives and we'll continue to do that. So with that said, thank you so much to all of our listeners that have already written a review. That means a lot to us. Joe, I mean, gosh, we are, this is our 25th episode. We are more than halfway through our first podcast here. I mean, the time is flying, man. I know. I can't believe it's the end of the year almost. It's, it's just amazing. We're slowly building this following. We're getting new followers on Instagram and Twitter every day. And I just really think, as we've always stated, whether it be on the YouTube live stream or on these podcast episodes, we do like to do it a little different. We do like to have a little more fun. So give us a follow at SQD Circle AFP. And we'll give you all the news, all the updates. We'll have some fun and we'll go from there. And talking about the YouTube live stream, man, I had a great time with you last week. It was really fun. And we had some people tune in, which was great. Yeah, the live stream went beyond expectations. You know, we had a good audience watching and I enjoyed reading all the comments and, you know, as we went through the show, you know, at a steady pace, went over our ultimate wrestling figures of the year. I think overall, the stream went really well, and I had a great time. I did too, Joe. I think it was a big time success because I got people asking me when our next YouTube live stream is. And it's coming. We already have that date planned. I know. I guess we need to announce it. It's coming up soon. So our next live stream date will be January 2nd. Time still to be determined. But if you want to mark your calendars, Saturday, January 2nd, we'll be doing our next live stream. So hopefully everybody that's listening can tune in. You can join in, leave a comment, ask us questions during the stream. We like communicating with everybody. So that'll be our next live stream date. Yeah, Joe. And like you just said, the best part of that live stream was the interaction. I absolutely loved having some fun with like-minded wrestling figure collectors and just really having a blast answering questions, getting information, some things I didn't even know about. Some of our listeners mentioned a few things to us that we weren't even a privy to, like with the Keith Lee situation and just a ton of other things. So it's just fun coming together as a community because that's what we're trying to form here. We're trying to form our own community and having like-minded people talk about wrestling figures. And it was just super, super stellar and fun. Really quick, we did two giveaways there, and I want to shout out those giveaway winners. They should be receiving their stuff very shortly. I shipped everything out to them, but we had two Instagram followers, at RaptorDuckBrew and at J.Wit07 on Instagram. They were our winners for our YouTube live stream giveaway packages. Congratulations to them. We did a little trivia thing. They got the answers really quickly in there. They're getting their awesome giveaway packages. And we can't wait to do more giveaways like that. And in the new year, Joe, I think we got a little bit of a giveaway plan, don't we? Yeah, it's coming. Those two giveaways are really solid too, man. I enjoyed both of those giveaways. So congratulations to those two. And yeah, the packages are on the way. Yeah, we did an awesome Undertaker package in honor of his 30 years in professional wrestling. We did a Fiend Bray Wyatt package, which was stellar too. And Joe had a little fun with that mask. (laughs) 
Did you wind up disinfecting that mask? I did disinfect it, Joe. Yes, I wiped it down with some of those wipes and you're good to go. Uh, I believe Raptor Duck Brew won the Veen package, so I think he's good to go. He can, <laughs> he can display it. He could wear it. He could do whatever the hell he wants with the Fiend mask. He can embrace it. Let him in. Yeah, it's his now, so he won it. So that's cool. We'll have a giveaway announcement. I think we should probably make it on the live stream. We'll probably have the giveaway announcement on the live stream, but just a hint. We will be ringing in the new year, cracking open a little bit of the bubbly, and it's going to be a fun time. January 2nd, time to be determined, but we're shooting, I think, for an evening live stream this time. So to be on Saturday night, Saturday Night Live with the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. I think we're going to do some of the giveaways from that cabinet in your living room. No, 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 no. We're going to have to have the raffles then. We're going to have to have... uh... 100 slots, Joe, at $50 a slot. First one to suck it wins. <laughs> People will be shitting their pants with that, with that giveaway. Oh, my God, Joe. You get the UK Pillman. You get the uh, Hasbro ring. You get the uh, really hard to find and limited edition Ultimate Warriors. No, no, that's never going to happen. I'm already sweating at thinking about it here. I don't know if it's from the coffee I'm drinking or thinking about the possibility of those things leaving my possession ever again, you know? It's, it's probably a little bit of both. I think so. I think it is a little bit of both, but... Shit, I can't even drink coffee anymore for some reason. Well, you know, you just got to power through it and, and go from there. Look, we're going to continue to do giveaways into 2021. And if we start getting any fan mail, again, depending on what it is and if it's a re- for a review purpose or if it's something we already have, look, we could do those as giveaways too. You know, I'm not opposed to that. Let's say somebody sends us a figure that maybe both of us have, you know, we do a review on it. And then we give it away. So I think it's all about paying it forward here at the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. We absolutely love to do that. And we want you all to do it out there too. So if you are a giveaway winner, try to pay it forward in some way to the community and we'll go from there. But really quick before we get started into the thick of things, Joe, I just wanted to talk briefly. This week was the drop of something non-wrestling related, and that was the last episode in season two of The Mandalorian. And man, it was very touching. So I'm not going to give away any spoilers or anything like that here. I know you haven't watched it as of this point yet, but I think it's pretty relevant to what's kind of going on in wrestling and what's really not going on in professional wrestling and subsequently how you become invested in action figures or merchandise in general. And I just feel that like wrestling, Star Wars had a very dark period you know, a period where, I don't know, you know, they came out with those sequels, they weren't done really well. It's really wishy-washy. Nobody was really into the merchandise, the action figures. And it was a situation where it was bad storytelling, not a lot of reinforcement into the nostalgia area of it, or maybe too much done too cheesy. I guess there are different opinions about that, but we're not going to go too in depth about it. But the gist of it is there's a dark period and now they've kind of like switched it all around and they're doing the right things and they're making you become even more invested into this universe. And subsequently, again, like I said, the figures as such, I mean, just a brief example. I mean, I'm a huge Star Wars collector. And I know you were in the past, we were speaking before the podcast started, you said you sold off most of your collection. However, you're collecting Star Wars figures again. Yeah. 
season one of The Mandalorian I really enjoyed. And I fell a little behind on season two. You know, I started season two, but I got to catch up. I'm more of like, I like to have all the episodes right there. So maybe that's what I'll probably do soon is just, you know, go through all the episodes so I don't have to wait. But yeah, well, I enjoyed the way Hasbro, you know, did the Mandalorian toy line. And, you know, you enjoy the show. And like you mentioned, you know, it's a breath of fresh air almost into the toy line and just the series, you know, brand new series in general. So the toys are great. The action figures look awesome. So you could start, you know, when you watch the show, collect the toys and, you know, go from there. You know, you don't fall behind and it's a great line to collect. Hasbro Pulse has some exclusives as well. So it's exciting. And you said something extremely important right now. Because we've talked about this in the past, right? We've talked about how when you look historically at a lot of these IPs, these intellectual properties or these franchises, you know, whether it be Star Wars, Thundercats, He-Man, Masters of the Universe, wrestling, we always talked about how either you had toys for something and then the show came next, or you had the show or the comic and then the toys came next, and they kept reinforcing it, whether it be with commercials or great stories, and it made you want to buy this stuff. And that's what The Mandalorian is doing right now. It's an incredible story. And it makes you want to preserve those moments, that storytelling, right, in figure form, in collectible form. And I find in comparison throughout the years, pro wrestling hasn't done that as much. And we've been vocal about this where, you know, a lot of the modern day figures of wrestlers we're just not emotionally connected with that's why we don't buy this stuff yeah there's a lot of disconnect on a lot you know on a lot of their major shows pay-per-views you know across the board there's a lot of disconnect and i think that ties over to the toy line for sure it does because you can make incredibly toyetic wrestlers you can produce them at high levels of quality mattel has done that you know the finn balor figures Look at the Viking Raider figures that just came out. We didn't mention them as an ultimate figure of 2020. And I think for the both of us, they weren't mentioned there. Well, one, because it's a tag team and we kind of didn't want to include tag teams in that. It's kind of like a separate category for us. But two, I mean, gosh, their story, it was all over the place. They butchered them. They really did. Right, Joe? Yeah, it was all over the place. You know, they changed their name a couple of times. So... If you knew the Viking Raiders, you know, when they were War Machine and you watched them, they were a great tag team. You know, a lot of people enjoyed the name. So I think right there, maybe some people wrote them off. They won the tag titles and no one cared. There is no story. And then their figures came out and they're completely off TV. One of them's injured. The other was kind of on the raw underground for a little while. And yeah, that's probably why we didn't mention them. I mean, they're great figures. But they're almost obsolete in a way. They are. And again, you're just not invested. At least we personally aren't invested in them to be like, I'm going to spend upwards of $50 on two action figures or wrestling figures of them. It's a situation where, yes, were they two of the most detailed, intricate, molded, new sculpts, new parts, et cetera, new molds? 
But again, it's just not hitting home. And what we didn't want to do with the Ultimate Wrestling Figures of 2020 is just throw things in there for the sake of throwing things in there. We wanted to select figures that had the whole package. Harken back to a moment or a time, a memory that was nostalgic or that was modern and recent and that just really connected with us and then created a great figure that had new molds, new accessories, new details, and then had great packaging. And that's what kind of we wanted to do there. Moving back to the topic we're discussing right now, though, AEW is doing a little bit of this where they're kind of respecting the nostalgia, bringing it in, as we like to say, sprinkling it in there, reinforcing it with an amazing high quality wrestling figure line by Jazzwares Wicked Cool Toys, Jeremy and the team. We've been outspoken about how much we love these figures, but even them at times, it's kind of like, Eh, I just want better stories. Yeah. Like back in the day, you know, it was all about the story. And some of those stories carried on for months and months and months, you know, sometimes years. So a lot of pro wrestling these days is definitely missing the storytelling. AEW is doing a decent job, though. You know, a lot of the stuff, you know, you get invested in. The WWE is kind of all over the place as far as storytelling goes right now. Yeah. I mean, they have the good Roman Reigns story. You know, as we discussed in last week's podcast episode, I will purchase an updated Roman Reigns if it looks good, if he doesn't have the shirt on, et cetera, et cetera, because I want to put him with that Wild Samoans because it's something that I think they've done really well with him. So, yeah, I think that's what I wanted to talk about. I think that the formula which Star Wars is using right now, specifically with the Mandalorian and then branching out into other areas of this universe or property, they're doing it right They're using nostalgia in the perfect way. And I think that in turn, that makes you want to buy these things more and get you more excited about them. So if any of these pro wrestling companies can do that, because again, this is not a discussion about how well Jazzwares or how well Mattel or how well Super 7 is producing wrestling figures or how not well they're producing wrestling. This is about how do you get emotionally connected and invested in a brand to then make you want to buy more of the product. If the pro wrestling companies can do more of this, which I think AEW is doing and and getting better at doing, we're there. We're going to be buying the product. But I just personally haven't felt watching pro wrestling in the modern era, even the past five years, oh my God, that touched and that emotional about it as I did with the Mandalorian, you know, whether that be season one or season two, you know, and that's why I kind of wanted to discuss that to start because my God, it really hit home, you know? Yeah. I can't wait to finish this uh, season. Season one was great. And each episode is like the perfect time. The story carries really well. The development of the characters, the action, everything's perfectly Placed, I feel like each episode. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, that's all I'm seeking for in, in something professional wrestling related. And if we can get that in the future, and there are people listening and people out there that know that's what we want and where we can be expressive about that and provide them with the feedback, hopefully they'll make the changes and we can get that in wrestling because I haven't been that emotional about something in a while and it was pretty awesome. So moving on though, and this is another emotional thing and I think it connects deep with all of us as well. We talk about a lot of different wrestling figure lines on here and these micro brawlers are something that I'm not familiar with, but when you mentioned Owen Hart 
in anything wrestling figure related or closely related to wrestling figures, I'm all in, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, right? Like, yeah, especially, yeah, Owen Hart's first figure in 20 years, right? You'd have to want one of these, right? I know, again, we discussed it, like we're not micro boiler collectors. I'm like, eh, whatever. But what are your thoughts on that, Joe? Yeah, it's what I wanted to talk about because, you know, the micro bowler prices are going up and, you know, there's a couple that are pretty cool. You know, I do like the Taz, you know, the ECW one, old school, you know, 80s, WWF, you know, any of the old school characters I like. But I don't know, something about it I just don't like, you know, I don't like the size or the style, just the whole package. I just, I'm not a fan of, and I know people are going crazy for these and, you know, the prices are going up and people want to collect them and this and that. And the Owen Hart one, that you know they released is cool i like that it's on a little card but i mean it was limited to 250 which i kind of get i get the whole limited thing but even that you know i just wanted to bring it up on the show like owen would be great to have just because it's his first figure in so long but i just don't like that style I, i don't think i ever will and you know there's a lot of people out there right now that are collecting these and you know everybody has their own thing but for me i just wanted to get your opinion too on it. I just don't like these at all. Yeah, it's interesting. So they're basically almost like cartoons, right? I mean, it's kind of like a cartoon interpretation of the wrestler to a certain extent. I don't know why it hasn't resonated with me either. I just don't, I don't get it. I don't know. Maybe it's the, they are vinyl, right? Is that correct? They're a vinyl style figure. I've never had one in, in my hands in person, so I don't know. Yeah, I uh, I had a couple just because I had the uh, monthly subscription to the crate for a little while, so I got a bunch of them. And you know, I I, I saw them at the toy show. The ones I had, like the uh, I forgot which ones I had. I think I had a Bushi and a couple of the other ones, Boogeyman. Yeah, I mean they're like a they're they're rubber. They're like a hard rubber. Okay, I want to say like rubbery. I don't I don't know the exact material they're made of, but yeah, it's like a hard. You know, you could bend them, you know, they're just like a hard kind of rubber. And size wise, are they like a loyal subjects in size? Like about what, like three inches or so? Something like that? I'd say they're about, yeah, yeah, they're probably, I'm trying to think one, two, yeah, about three inches, maybe a little less. Yeah. So guys, I don't know anything about the line. So I do know, like you said, Joe, they are sprinkled in with pro wrestling crates. They are sold by ProWrestlingTees.com. Like you said, there's a huge following for these. Some of the prices are, are kind of ridiculous and insane. That's a topic of discussion for another day because whether it be t-shirts, wrestling figures, micro brawlers, whatever it is, the prices are just being manipulated by people in the marketplace that have a lot of influence and a lot of money. So with that said, with this Owen Hart, I was disappointed. Here's what I was disappointed about with the Owen Hart. All proceeds of this figure went to charity and it was limited to 250 pieces. I don't think it needed to be 250. I also think that you would want to raise more money for charity. So even if they produced double the quantity and made it at 500, I think I would have been a little happier because everybody knew this was going to be a tough to get item. So to limit it at that, you know, about 7,500 bucks or something to charity when you could have doubled that. It maybe done fifteen thousand dollars to a really good cause didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, yeah, uh, the they definitely could have, like you said, went up to five hundred, maybe even a little more. These would have definitely sold a lot. I know with the Vader that ended today, it was a twenty four hour sale, so you could order him for twenty four hours. I'm sure they raised a decent amount of money for him. So maybe if they did that with Owen, you know, maybe they got other things planned. But 
I, it's it's a cool figure. You know, right now I'm looking at it, it's two hundred and fifty dollars on eBay. <laughs> And that's the problem, yeah, yeah, right? Like, here we go. Yeah, J- Joe, and that's the fucking problem. You have these pieces of shit buying it. When the charity could have got two hundred, you know, or would have two hundred fifty more dollars by selling uh, another ten figures or whatever the case may be. You know what I'm saying? So, like, right now I'm lost for words because the execution of this was fucking terrible by pro wrestling tees, and that's just it. It was fucking terrible. Okay. And yes, I can make a donation if I want. Yeah, I was going to say that. If you want to donate, donate, you know, you can always donate whatever the hell you want. But if this was going towards a cause and that was the point of it, I think they could have upped it a little more. 250 is a little. It's a little elitist. Yeah. And then you have a lot of people that are just buying it to re- try to resell it. Like nobody in their right mind's buying that for 250. It's not. A, I don't even consider it a real figure. No, I don't either. And it's like a. It's like a little. It's like a little. I don't even know. It's like what you buy at the dollar store. Well, that's funny that you mentioned that too, because prior to getting into this, that was my exact thought. These are like bootleg dollar store figures. No, but that's the thing, right? That's kind of like the thing they're trying to do. They're trying to be like, well, these are bootleg dollar store kind of figures, but they're a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Some of them are really good. You know, some of them are, are detailed, really nice. And if you really like that wrestler character, yeah, for sure. I think I actually own the Bruiser Brody one, but that, you know, I like Bruiser Brody. So I still hung on to that one. But I think that's the only one I have currently is just the Brody. To end this real quick, I have none of them. The only one I would ever have probably purchased would have been that Owen Hart. Like you said, they do have plans from my understanding. It looks like the foundation did reach out, Martha or whoever manages their account did say that they see the the man here. They see that people want more of this stuff, so they're going to provide it eventually, but they got to get to that point. I think the execution was terrible. I think they should have had it up for a day. And like you said, sell whatever you want to sell that day, give all the proceeds, give half the proceeds, whatever you want to do as a business to the foundation, work that agreement out with them. But to limit this to 250 pieces and only about, like I said, $7,000 and change to a very good cause in charity, I think is asinine, to be honest with you. It's just poor planning. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's almost like, what was the point? Realistically, what was the point? And again, I think this goes back and we talk about it all the time. Who's cooperating with who here, right? Who's in cahoots with who? Who's making these recommendations? Who's... These elitist kind of people are like, oh, yeah, let's make something rare. And then you have all these other people buying them up. You have bots and you have people reselling this stuff. And then, you know, setting this market price that's really just a perceived market value. You know, I mean, it's just like, it, it's stupid. It, it, I just want to end it there. And look, if you got one, I hope you got one. Congrats. I hope you keep it in your collection because I th- think having. An Owen Hart figure made in any form in over, what'd you say, 30, was it 20, 30 years or whatever it's been, 20 years, it's pretty special. Yeah, yeah. I guess we'll, I guess we'll end it there. I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. I I don't like micro rollers at all. Yeah, but don't you want an Owen Hart figure, like in any form? Yeah, but even that was tough. Like, I didn't even really care about it. I was like, yeah, this is cool. But even when I seen it, like, I had no like urge to be like, oh, man, I got to get one of these. Like, I still didn't really care. Yeah, I liked it. I wanted to buy one. And like I said, I don't even care about it. It would have been cool to have. And I like that they did it on the card back. I think that's It's a great. little special edition there. So we'll see. Uh, again, there'll probably be more 
in the works. They'll produce more of these in some capacity. And the, really the big thing is when do we get an actual wrestling figure? If this is now being produced by Pro Wrestling Tees. Is there a way that Super 7 can come in? Is there a way that one of these independents like Boss Fight can come in and create an actual Owen Hart figure and do it well and, and put the money to charity? I personally think Super 7 is set up for that because they have their pre-order thing. You know what I'm saying? That's my take on that. Moving over to someone who's actually making figures, Junk Shop Dog, Bruiser Brody shipped, man. Did you get yours? Yeah, yeah. I ordered mine, but I did not get my figure in yet in hand, but I did get my shipping confirmation, and I guess it's at the airport. That was the last I saw. Yeah, same here. I can't wait to get that one. And you just got the regular edition? I got both. Get the uh, silver one? Oh, you got both. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I, that's like something I'm not into. Here we go with the not into thing again, but... <laughs> The silver edition, I just, I'm like, what the hell is that? I did not want that at all. So yeah, I just got the regular edition, but I'm excited to get that. And he did announce that three new figures are on the way. Yeah, Adam is, you know, he has these plans. We just did an interview with him. We're going to drop a standalone interview with Adam from Junk Shop Dog Christmas. So check that out. We pretty much break down his whole Safubi pro wrestling figure line it's a fun interview, Joe. You're going to love it. He breaks it down. He does say that there will be more figures. He does talk a little bit about the sales and how they went. And yeah, we love what he's doing. I think the figures look great. I got the chain variant, the chain kind of silver variant. I actually liked it. I like the collectability of these figures. I think they're super fun and he's just doing great things. Yeah. That's an extra bonus episode for our listeners. You know, next weekend you'll be... Uh get an extra episode in with the uh, JSD himself. JSD, the junk shop dog, Adam. Yeah. And go over his website, junkshopdog.com at junkshopdog on Instagram. He's got those Brody's still available. I believe there are some still available. The last time I spoke with him and I haven't checked the website, I believe the chain was pretty much sold out. So the silver variant, which was limited to 220 pieces. He'll discuss a little bit about the piece count on there, limited to 220 pieces overall. Those are all sold out, I believe. So that's pretty fun. Collectibilities of these are great. Let me ask you, Joe, real quick before we move on. Who do you want to see in this line? Think about it. I was thinking about that before we started the show. Dude, I have no idea. <laughs> like, I have no idea what direction he's going in. He started it off with Brody. Ah, dude, I have no idea, man. You'll learn a little bit about that in our podcast episode, that standalone episode when we drop that next week. But yeah, just throw some names out there. What would you like to see given this line, the style of this line? You know, it came out early 80s. What would you like? Maybe an, another Andre, maybe a Iron Sheik. I know we got Bob Backlund originally in the line. I'm trying to think. A couple others. I don't know. Maybe a Macho. Yeah. Maybe a George Nanimal Steel. I don't know. I'm trying to think of the older guys. Maybe we'll get uh, Buddy Rogers. We have to wait and see. And I think it's a situation where you'll find out on that interview what his plans are, where he's at with it, what the formula is per se. I don't say that there's a set formula, but there is a requirement that he has to you know, choose and pick the wrestlers he wants to be in the line. The major requirement, and we've been discussing this since he launched this line, is that he's only going to produce people that he can get the licensing to do. So that's what we love about Junk Shop Dog and this Sufubi Pro Wrestling figure line, is that he is going to only produce figures in which 
there's a royalty situation set up, the family or the wrestler gets a piece of the pie, and it's being done right, Joe. That's the thing. You know, it's a little on the DL, but at the same time, I think it's being done right. And if you like that style and you don't own any of the original, you know, Popey figures, this is a good way to, uh, you know, get one in that style. I love that style. And I was looking at the line earlier today again. He had a picture of it with the uh, Brody next to it. And I just love those figures, man. They're just, you know, the head sculpts on those are just so well done. I just like, you know, just simple points of articulation on them. I like the size, but I just think it, those that style really captures those guys, especially for the era and the time. I agree 100% with you. So go out there, junkshopdog.com. Buy a Bruiser Brody, help support them, help support the Bruiser Brody family, because every time you purchase that figure, that's what you're doing. And not only that, you're helping support Junk Shop Dog and the future of this wrestling figure line. So, Joe, moving on real quick here. I mean, we get ringside collectibles announcements like I feel like it's every two hours these days. Something new is popping up. New prototype images, new this, new drops, new pre-orders. The one thing we did want to discuss real quick was we do finally have prototype mint in box, mint on card images of the Ringside Collectibles exclusive WrestleMania 12 Ultimate Warrior figure. I'm a warrior, Mark. I know my thoughts. Well, I may surprise you with my thoughts, but what are your thoughts, man? I'm a Ringside exclusive, Mark, I think. I think I've come to that realization. They could do a Ringside exclusive piece of shit, and I think I'll buy it. But on that note, yeah, man. I'm I'm not as much as a warrior mark as you, but WrestleMania 12 holds a special place with me. And I know that match sucked. And just seeing the warrior come out was great because a lot of people didn't think he was going to show up. It was a squash match, but I do like the attire. I'm glad they made it a ringside exclusive. I think the figure, you know, it's obviously a repaint, but I think it, it you know, they're running out of Ultimate Warriors to, to put out. A lot of people were calling for the WrestleMania 12, and here it is. Yeah. And we discussed what we thought that the box art may look like, and we were right on the money there, too. They're doing the fireworks Ultimate War emblem style box, which is great. So the box looks amazing. We knew we were going to get that with Ringside Collectibles exclusives, though. And I agree with you. I'm a Ringside Collectibles exclusive mark as well. I pretty much it's almost always an insta buy for me. Because what? You know one thing, Joe, with a Ringside Collectibles exclusive. I would say 85% of the time, the money you spend on the exclusive, there's no downside. It will always increase in value, except for like Brian Kendrick. <laughs> dude, I, every time there's a sale or I see that figure, dude, I think that Brian Kendrick figure looks great, man. I, I always want to pull the trigger on that thing. Dude, it's a great figure. I don't know why the hell I haven't bought it yet. Nobody fucking cares about Brian Kendrick. You talk about irrelevant. I can't. Even, I don't even think irrelevant's even better than that. Look, I mean, I think that thing could go for five dollars, and I'm not going to buy it. Oh, I don't know. I don't know who advised them to do that figure, but that was a bad, bad decision. Aside from that, aside from a few of them here and there, you spend thirty bucks on a figure, twenty five, thirty dollars on a Ringside Collectibles exclusive your money's going to double within two years of it going out of stock. Yeah, there's so many great ringside exclusives, you know. A majority of them are awesome. You know, obviously from a collector perspective, like we said, the figures are pretty much always spot on as well. They're going to be great. They're going to come in awesome packaging. They're going to be highly detailed. They're going to come with all the accessories you could ever want or imagine. They're going to highlight memorable moments in professional wrestling history. 
and then to top it all off from an investment perspective, you're gonna you're definitely gonna be valued at a higher price than what you paid for it in the future the majority of the time. With this Ultimate Warrior, though, I have to say it's a major fail. Other than that box, really. Now, and don't get me wrong, I will purchase it. I'll probably get two. I'm a warrior mark. But that figure is just a complete reuse of everything you could ever imagine possible. It's an old head sculpt, scan, whatever the hell you want to call it. They're reusing torso parts. There's nothing special about this figure. It's another duster. I don't believe the back of the box has a cutout. I could be wrong about that, Joe. So what sucks about it is you can't even see the back of the duster unless they did like Jack's classic Superstar series did and they kind of have variants that are turned around, which would be fun. Yeah, looking at it in the box, once again, going back a couple episodes with the Walter, we called for this style box on this figure. And I think that's what they're going to be going with for a while. You know, the edge heads and couple others um but I, I love the style box and i think he's placed perfectly in it if this is what they're going for and uh but yeah yeah i think they showed you know i think you they had some loose images of the duster and whatnot online because there was eight images total but i think the figure looks great you know i like the colors i like the wrestlemania 12 attire so i'll definitely be picking this one up like i said i started off saying that i'm gonna get this figure no way I'm not going to get the figure. Yeah, 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 you're probably ordering like six of them. I don't want this figure. I don't have any need for it. The match was a squash match. It was probably a representation of Ultimate Warrior's worst time in professional wrestling where he didn't give a shit about anybody but himself. You know, changed the match when he went into that ring. And that's been documented. Squash Triple H made him look like a fool. I don't think this is even from an attire perspective personally that I'm just like too enthused about. It's it's great. It looks great. Don't let me get me wrong. But I don't know, man. I'm just again, it's just not something that I would have chosen to to put out there. I look at a few things like that WCW return. That was big. Give me that figure over this any day of the week, in my opinion, you know? Again, because it's a return figure, it's a memorable moment. He comes back. So like you said, Joe, there's just not a lot left to do. Yeah, they're running out of options. I mean, if you go back, you know, 89, 90 superstars, you know, they can pick through a lot of different attires. There was one we mentioned a couple weeks ago with the Survivor Series attire. We liked that attire he had in that match. So, I mean, there's a couple other ones to pick through, but uh, they're definitely running out of options. Yeah, we talked about this on previous podcast episodes. Mattel is just running out of ideas for Legends wrestlers unless the wwe starts signing new legends to new deals then they're just going to continue to remake stuff that we've seen before whether it be from the classic superstar line whether it be from their own line i think bill and actually steve talked about this in one of their instagram live or ringside collectibles interviews where it's like well, now we have this updated tooling and we have this updated and maybe if we did a figure back in 2010, we'll bring it back out because, you know, it's better technology and this, that, and the other thing. So it's like now they're going to start just remaking stuff, you know? Yeah, they're running out of options. There's not a lot to choose from. So I don't know where they'll take it after this. But. What's your take on that? Are you going to get some of this stuff? Are you going to, you know, like, let's just say they do a, a WrestleMania 6 Warrior. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably get you, it. You would get it. Yeah. Especially like in Ultimate Editions form or something like that, right? Yeah. I feel like anytime they come out with a Warrior, 
it sells, and I, I always pick it up for the most part. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I would have to see. I probably would get a warrior regardless. It'd have to be really god awful for me to pass on it. But we'll see. We'll see where where this other stuff lands. You know, like uh, for the next Legend series, I know you're not super hyped about it. The Nikolai Volkov, the Tatanka, the Million Dollar Mans, and all that. What is your take there? I mean, are you going to get that stuff? Are you passing on a lot of it? I mean, again, it's just like, what are you doing personally as a collector? Yeah, as far as the next Legend set, I'll probably get it. You know, I'll keep up with the Legends. You know, looking over it again, you know, as time passed, I'm like, oh, this is a pretty decent set. I do like the Tatanka. I'll grab one of those million dollar bands, Undertaker and Nikolai. You know, why not? I'll just keep the set going and complete it. Nice. You know, and another thing is, as long as they're done well, I think I'm in the same boat. Now, an example of, of something that I don't want to support is that Michael PSA's figure. Oh my God, how god awful is that figure? I don't even know what the hell that is. When I seen it, I just, I, I didn't want to order it at all. I want to cancel my pre order. You know, I mean, that's, it's just god awful. I mean, out of everything you could have done with Michael PSA's, that's what we got. Yeah, that random figure that's part of the series. I'm, I'm just like, what the hell is this? I'm like, oh my God. It's awful, Joe. It's just such a bad figure. The head scan looks weird. He looks like he's got like his eyes wide open or something. It's just super weird and just bad decision making by Mattel. Guys, I'm sorry. I'm going to call you out when we don't like something here and to literally... <laughs> literally create a figure that has a pretty terrible head scan, awful glasses. He's in such a basic attire. I mean, he's co- like, when did Michael ever have trunks? That's another thing. Like, I've, I don't remember a time that Michael PSAs was in trunks. Like, he's always had pants whenever I've seen him, right? Like, yeah, that really confused me too, the trunks. I was like, when did he wear that? I have no idea. The figure just looks so basic. I just don't care for it. I know. And they just threw a Bad Street USA shirt in there. And again, guys, I don't know. Comment on this. Go on our Instagram and Twitter pages, at SQD Circle AFP. What do you think of this Michael P.S. Hayes figure? I mean, I just, I mean, geez, Louise. I'm just like, trunks? Really? Terrible head scan? Really? The best thing's the shirt. That's it. It's a shirt. No color, no free birds. What? Uh, no. Oh my God. No robe. No entrance robe. No, nothing. It's just a plain basic figure. The May Young's better. Holy shit, Joe. Anyway, all right. Before we get into the gorilla position this week, we do want to touch on one last thing before we head into the gorilla position this week. We had a loss in the professional wrestling world. Tiny Lister. AK Zeus passed away. Now, again, he didn't have a huge, huge, huge lasting role in professional wrestling, but he did have a huge impact in a most memorable era of professional wrestling, and that was obviously his feud with Hulk Hogan. So we just wanted to mention it. What's your thoughts, Joe, on Zeus, his impact during the time, him as an actual actor? That's where I think most of his memorable moments have come from in acting. And then this short stint with the WWF, obviously, at the time. Yeah, at the time, it was perfect. You know, he almost struck when the iron was hot as far as like, you know, big men go like that. A lot of people didn't care as in in ring ability. I think a lot of people 
at the time were hung up on the uh, No Holds Barred movie that he was in with Hogan. As a kid, I probably watched that movie so many times. And not too long ago, I want to say a couple months ago, I rewatched it. It's got awful. But back then, Zeus had a presence. And for some reason, his transition into wrestling with, you know, people just like, oh, man, Zeus, you know, he was like an easy transition from the movie to the ring. I mean, he couldn't wrestle or anything, but he just had a great presence. You know, a big man, bad guy, arrival of Hogan. It was easy to transition him into the ring. It was also, you know, fun to mention that Jax, of course, you know, put him into the classic superstars line and his figures. Great. Still uh, in high demand. And a lot of people are still after it to this day. Yeah, I couldn't have said it any better. I think it was perfect timing. It was the movie, but I I watched it probably just as many times as you did it. As a kid, I'm like, oh, man, this is this is great. But watching it, I forgot. I forgot what it's on. Maybe it was on Hulu. Yeah, I think it was. And I just rewatched it one day. I'm like, oh, my God, this is pure crap. Yeah. But it was popular then, and it was an easy transition for him to take that movie, which he was kind of in a ring, and bring him over to the real squared circle. Yeah, and it's cross-promotion. It was good for the movie. It was good for the wrestling, right? So it was just perfectly implemented. A great formula. And look, like you said, he was an imposing character now. Hogan was having that big food with Macho as well. So at the time, it made sense to have Macho come in. You had also Brudai with Hogan, which was his best friend and whatnot. So he played a pretty important role in this whole feud as well. I think that if anyone won out of this, it was probably Brudai for the wrestlers just because it really gave him the nod. It was kind of Brutus the Barbabuke's biggest match in professional wrestling history, I think, was that tag team match at SummerSlam. What was that? SummerSlam 89? 89. Yeah. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. Brutus and Hogan against Macho and Zeus. Yeah. It was pretty cool because Zeus was really the Undertaker before the Undertaker to a certain extent as well, right? This big imposing character wrestler that was indestructible. Indestructible. You can't knock him down. He doesn't feel pain. You almost have to like kill him. (laughs) way to put him away. I always thought that he was like this Terminator kind of style, right? I mean, it was almost like- Yeah, yeah, exactly. Big imposing Terminator kind of style where he was like injected with something and like, he's unstoppable, right? I mean, that's it. And he played the role very well, man, I'll tell you. And he didn't have to do much, you know? And again, everybody says he's not a great in-ring performer. He isn't. I mean, he was stiff. He was terrible, but- that's what he was there to do, right? That's exactly what he was there to do. It was kind of like a one-off, the movie, SummerSlam, Zeus. You know, he wore the attire from the movie into the ring. That's really all he needed to do. Yep. And the most memorable thing about him, I absolutely love that belt that he had. That was really cool. I love that. Oh, yeah, the belt. So good, right? So good. And then, that, like as you said, the Jack's Classic Superstars figure is our figure of choice when it comes to Zeus. I have one mint on card, hashtag mint on card for life. I just love the figure. It was great. It came with the chain, came with the pipe. I think there was a variant that either had a, didn't have a pipe or had a pipe in a different place or didn't have the chain or something like that. You know, Jax, they used to love throwing in those variants. So it was just a great figure. And as Joe said, very sought after. I have not looked up the value of that figure on eBay recently, but I'm only assuming it's up close to a hundred bucks now. Yeah. Real quick. I'm looking at the set actually. It's a pretty cool set, man. 
for it's it's like a, a couple of randoms, but the set is solid. You know, you got Zeus, Ramon, yeah, but it's a really odds and ends. Well, if you look at back at this set, you know, you have Outlaw Ron Bass, Lenny Poffo, Tank Abbott, Johnny Rods, <laughs> Tully Blanchard, and LJN Rock. I'd say Zeus is probably the best one out of this set. Oh, yeah. What classic superstar series is that? That's not one of on our, on our high list, I think. But what what series? Sh- series series 15. Oof. Yeah, that's <laughs> you're getting in deep right there. You know, I mean, <laughs> they were... oh, my God. I didn't even mention I didn't even mention Lex Luger. Oh, my God. What a plain Lex Luger. Oh, that, that was a well, you know what? I absolutely love, though, that Lex Luger figure had a really great head scan, man. It's cool. Yeah, the head looks great. The Shawn Michaels is pretty good, too. Look, it, it's from a later series. And as we talk about Mattel being 10 years into a license, I mean, Jax was in a similar area, right? They were going deep cuts because they always like to sprinkle them in. But man, they went heavy on them. You know, the Bastion Boogers of the world and, and all that later on in the line. And that's what made it fun, though. And this is what kind of differentiates what Mattel can do moving forward and what Jax had the ability to do. You have to realize that Mattel is really under the guideline of the WWE right now. You know, they're kind of like handcuffed by what they can do from them. When Jax had a lot of creative freedom and a lot of creative liberties to go out there and independently sign talent to get them in these lines, it's kind of sucks. That's why we say, you know, what is Mattel going to do other than rehash some of this stuff and remake it because they're handcuffed and limited by what the WWE can give them at this point in time. Anyway, that's Zeus. That's our take on everything. It's always sad to see another one go, you know, Joe? Yeah. Yeah. He he was uh, an imposing figure. He's cemented his place in wrestling history. And uh, I think the Jacks Classic topped it off. Yep. And we had a lot of loss this year, but we have to stay positive about it. And we got to keep these memories going. And gosh, it for me, it just means I'm getting older. Oh, yeah. The older we get, you know, jeez, the worse it might get. Uh-oh. We'll stay active and we'll keep doing this for all you out there and have fun with it. Before we get into the gorilla position, we just want to remind you, YouTube live stream January 2nd. Go follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SQD Circle AFP. We have all the news information about wrestling figures. Whatever you may want or need is on both those social media platforms. And don't forget to check out the Ultimate Wrestling Figures of 2020 on our YouTube channel. Go over to the YouTube channel, the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Comment on our posts. I'm going to be posting a video this weekend as well, Joe. I'm going to do a little review, something special for our listeners and followers. Because we want to get that YouTube channel Go and want to get it active. It'll be a short little review, but it'll be fun. As we like to do at the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast, we're going to get right into this week's edition of the Gorilla Position. I can feel electricity in the air. All right, Joe. Welcome to this week's edition of the Gorilla Position. And this week, what else are we going to be talking about other than the Jazz Wears Wicked Cool Toys AEW Unrivaled Collection Series 3. I know, listeners, I know you think we're a bunch of AEW Unrivaled Collection marks. What do you think, Joe? I mean, I think we maybe. I think we start maybe start to become uh, AEW marks here. I think we are too. If you tuned into the live stream after holding those figures in hand, because I have them all mint on card. So, them in the packages. 
you know, I have the cases and everything. So I never held them in hand. So holding them in hand, I was like, wow, man, these are so much better in person. And then taking them out and holding them loose with the articulation, the different joints, you know, they might be some of the best wrestling figures to come out. I agree. We are very, very impressed by them. We are being completely, completely objective here in our assessment of this. So don't think we are turning into a bunch of marks, but if you hold these figures in hand and you compare them to Mattel, whether it be the actual weight. Yeah, we broke out the scale last week. And what did we find, Joe? AEW uses a little heavier, a little, I think, better quality plastic on their uh, wrestling figures. Yeah. It was pretty phenomenal to see that because, you know, you can put things in your hand. It's like, oh, yeah, this weighs more, but they they weighed out more. Now, I don't know. Again, it could be because of the parts, too, because I think those ratcheted joints may play a part in that. But I think it's a higher quality plastic from what I feel. Yeah, same here. Yeah. So, you know, look, we're going to break down the Series 3 set. We love these figures. We think the Pan Amp's incredible. I personally think you got to get a set to keep on card and a set to open up. We're highly invested in this line because we don't have figures of most of these wrestlers. You know, this is the kind of like the first time we're getting a lot of this stuff. So we're super excited about it. The quality is great. They're just hitting the nostalgia button on so many different levels here because it's not nostalgia in the sense of, oh, they're reproducing legends or anything at this moment. But it's nostalgia in the sense that it's a new wrestling figure line, right, Joe? I mean, it's just so fun. Yeah, it's fun. They're constantly, you know, pumping out new stuff, exclusives. You know, looking back, you you already already have a title belt. You have a basic ring. You have an authentic scale ring, a little bit of the bubbly, Blood Brothers 2-pack, rare and chase editions. We're up to Series 3 already. Series 3 has some bangers, man, in it. You know, if you're looking down the, the roster they're going with for Series 3, It's great, man. I think they're hitting certain guys at the right time, especially right now. And yeah, we all know that Jazzwares Wicked Cool Toys, they have a little insight to AEW's direction. We've talked about this in the past, that they work with AEW on where they're going to be throughout the year in their overall plan of shows and stories, et cetera, et cetera. And you can see that really in this set because some of the bigger players like Pac or Darby Allen or the Young Bucks, Orange Cassidy, I mean, they're really taking prominent roles in the AEW product right now. Yeah, they are. Darby Allen's the current TNT champion. Orange Cassidy's one of their high-profiled wrestlers on the roster, especially with his gimmick and his style. I still think Pac is in that heavyweight title pitcher, maybe TNT championship. But I still feel like they run with him as one of their main players. You know, you got an updated Bucks. I think we both wanted a similar style to that. You know, we talked about that in one of our first episodes. So we got that. And then we got the first AEW Women's Champ in Rio, which she looks, she doesn't, she looks white, actually, <laughs> the head, the face a little bit. I'm like, is that Rio or who is that? Blossom? Remember that show, Blossom? It does look like Blossom. That's funny. But she has a very, very odd shaped face regardless. So I'm not passing any judgment because a lot of the faces looked weird for series two. And when I looked at them at your house the other day, they looked great. So I'm going to wait. I think that happened with series one and with series two now where you get the figures in hand and they look, they look great. And the images online look like shit. So I'm going to be in the same boat. We're not going to pass judgment. We're going to briefly, briefly review this set. Let's start with some of the 
our least favorites of the set. We'll start there and then we'll build towards the ones that we really, really enjoy. Some of my least favorites of this set, I would have to say, are probably the Pac and the Matt Jackson of the Young Bucks. Now, obviously, I like the Young Bucks design. We talked about a more colorful attire. They gave it to us really quick right off the bat. They're in a really prominent role on TV right now being the tag champions. But for me, the Pac, I don't know. Again, I don't want to talk too much about these face scans and sculpts, but it, they just it just looks off and, you know, he's just a plain figure. So I'm not too overly excited about getting him. It's just a plain attire. There's not too much to his character, but I get why he's there. He's now in a prominent role in the product as well. As you said, he may be in the world championship picture with this Kenny Omega stuff and the Ray Phoenix stuff that we're going to see next week. So kind of my least favorite figure of the set probably would be this Pac. And then again, the Matt Jackson, I don't know, there's just something off with the face right now. What were your thoughts of the Bucks, them doing kind of the the open mouth yelling face sculpts and scans for the Bucks on this go around? What did you think about that? Personally, don't like the way the head scans look, the head sculpts, and they're probably my least favorite. You know, I take the Pac over both of them. Yeah. So I, I yeah, I just don't know. Like the, again, the open mouth scans and sculpts on them look a little odd. But I, I don't want to pass judgment, like we said, because these things in hand may look completely different, right? Yeah. But if I had a say, they're probably my least favorite in the set. I like the other four a lot better. Even the Riho, I'm going to give that a little chance over them. I felt the Riho for me was kind of that middle, right? It was kind of like, oh, great. We have now a women's champion. We have actually, other than Brandy, another, you know, women's figure. The face sculpt and scan isn't that terrible. She's just got an odd face. Her facial structure is very odd. So very difficult to kind of translate that into action figure, wrestling figure form. I like it. I don't mind it. I'll take it. It's kind of the middle of the road for me. And then... The two that are really just some of the best figures, these could be contenders for top figures uh, of 2021. I mean, we're not even there yet, and I'm, I'm going to say it right now. I mean, this Cassidy and Darby Allen are just freaking incredible. The Cassidy and Darby Allen are a toss-up for me. I don't know which one I like more. I might take the Darby Allen over the Cassidy a little bit. I like that style a little more. But both of these figures are fantastic. You know, they're spot on. I think they incorporated the uh, hands in his pockets the best way they can. And they really nailed the fine detail. I know it's like his ring attire is a little weird with his, you know, with his sneakers or whatever the hell those are and his pants that he wears. So they really nailed every little detail as far as the pants go, you know, his shoes, his wrestling shoes, the hair, even the face without the sunglasses looks good. I like that. You can, you know, the hands in the pockets look good as well. And same thing with the Darby. I think the Darby is, I can't find anything wrong with it right now. I, I agree. And like you said, with the, even the going back to the Cassidy to start, man, the hands in the pockets, the molded detail on the legs, the bottom half of the, the figure, you know, is just amazing. Even with, like you said, the wrestling shoes. I can't believe you also get the denim jacket with it. You get the shirt with it. You get the interchangeable hands. You get the glasses. I can't stress the amount of value in this. You're getting so much in these figures. Highly detailed accessories. Highly detailed sculpts. And you're getting it for 20 bucks, guys. 
I know. I know. 20 bucks. Joe, why are Ultimate Editions 50 bucks? I have no idea. I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but does it make any sense to you? Compared to these figures right now, I think they're at a perfect price point. The Ultimate Edition, you know, I could see, you know, maybe a little more, you know, they got the $30 price point. You know, you get a couple extra things, I guess, you know, maybe depending who you're looking at, a couple extra heads, maybe a couple extra accessories. The figure's supposed to be a little more, you know, points of articulation updated, you know, the whole nine. So I could see maybe a little bit of an increase, but I mean, these are pretty damn close. With the exception, like you said, of a few more hands and maybe an extra head sculpt here or there. Yes. And now look, guys, $29.99 is the retail price for Ultimate Editions. However, you can't find them at retail. Only retailer that you could purchase them at right now for a retail price would be Amazon. I'm assuming that's going to change in the future. So the only way to get Ultimate Editions right now are at Ringside Collectibles, and they're nearly $40 to $50 a piece when you factor in shipping. Joe, it doesn't make any sense. We opened up the Rock Ultimate Edition on the YouTube live stream. The quality of the figure isn't as good as these AEW figures. I don't know. From a value perspective, I don't know how Jeremy, the team at Jazzwares Wicked Cool Toys, can get this much value in a figure for $19.99, whether it be the box, the accessories, the sculpts, everything. It's just amazing. Getting back on trap, this Darby Allen, I agree with you. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. There isn't a flaw in the figure. Yeah, I actually ordered two Darbys. You're going to have to. Yeah, I did. I ordered another one. I went back and got another one. Yeah, I'm going to probably get another one. I'll get another orange as well. And that's it. I think I'll stick with one of, you know, one of everything else. Maybe the bucks, depending on what their final product looks like. You got the chases and the rare editions in this as well. So you're going to have a one of a thousand chase Riho and then a one of 500 rare edition Darby Allen, which looks great too. Yeah. I want that one of 500 Darby, man. I think that figure looks great. Yeah, it is. I tagged Jeremy, you know, I told you the other day, I guess he didn't see it. You know, I said, if he sends me one of those, I'll get Jeremy Perdauer tattooed on me somewhere. But he never answered. I don't know. I, I, a part of me thought he would answer and take the bet. He's like, all right, I'll send it. I'll send you one. To, uh, you I, you know, I don't tattoo. want you to do it. I, I'm going I'm right, to tell I'll you right it. now, you, you can't do that. <laughs> I would tell him. I'm like, listen, I'll do it. I'll oh get it on my, my like, You're going to have to get a laser removed, man. Nah, man, I'll leave it on. I'll be like, you know, it's the godfather <laughs> of wrestling <laughs> figures. You know, You're going to have to name your son Jeremy, you know? It doesn't have to be anything crazy. It'll just say Jeremy Pedauer on me. That'll be it. You're crazy. Yeah. I thought about it. I'd do it if he sent me the one of 500 MJF too. Uh, I wouldn't do that. I would do it for the Ric Flair employee. Exclusive. No, that's a... a, a (laughs) 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 We're going to have to do a package deal, Joe. Here's what we'll do. We'll do a package deal. I'm not going to get anything. You're going to get all the tattoos, but I'll get the employee exclusive Ric Flair and you could take the uh, Darby and the MJF call it a deal and then i'll just pay for you to get these tattoos (laughs) across your body all got the godfather wrestling figs what else uh jeremy you know like jeremy spoken yeah (laughs) taking it back with pearl jam baby and we'll just get them all over you you're just gonna be jazz wares wicked cool toys cool toys i'll put jeremy was here on my ass (laughs) Oh, 
It's all for the podcast show, making the sacrifice. Hey, man, I'll do it. If he sends those in the mail, I'll, I'll go to the tattoo shop right after. There you go. And we'll be there to document it all. You know what's You know what's crazy? I'm on ringside right now. I'm like, should I order another set of series two and three again? Just keep doing it over and over again? Yeah, we talked about this. We want to game the system. We're going to... Make two burner accounts. I just want to order the. I want to order another set and just open them all. Just those. <laughs> but that's how you feel about these wrestling figures. I told you know when I'm fig hunting for these chases right at Walmart and I pop open a box. I just want to buy another one. Yeah, I just want to. I, I want another Hangman. I want another MJF. I already have two Darbies, man. I might get another Cassidy. They're back ordered for on on a lot of them though. Yes, back order or pre-order for early February on Ringside Collectibles. Just an FYI to Series 2 has hit Walmarts in Texas and Houston. We're just super excited about AEW Unrivaled Collection. Again, AEW as a product, we feel a little better than the WWE right now. I'm not going to say it's perfect. I'm not going to say that they don't have their flaws. There are many of them. I mean, I thought this week's episode was god awful. I just bored. I, you know, it was like AW Dark on Dynamite. It was just terrible. I can't get behind people like Unico and all these fucking fucktoids, but you know what I'm saying? I, that, that's a story for another day. What's our final position? On AEW Unrivaled Collection Series 3. I think we all know this. But- series 3. Series 3 is great. I would order. I already did. But, you know, I'd order the set. You got uh, a lot of first times. First timers here. You know, Pac has figures. But as far as AEW, I think that version looks good. You know, of course, Darby and Cassidy. You got Riho, the first women's champ. I think adds a special place in the collection. And you got the more colorful tires on the Bucks. Overall, I'd order the set. My top figure in the set might be uh, Darby Allen. There you go. And I pretty much don't have anything else to say other than you should order the ringside collectibles because you're guaranteed to get them. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you don't want to go doing the hunt, you don't want to go crazy, you want them before, probably going to get them before Walmart. I don't want to say... That's a definite, but probably going to get them before Walmart. Go to ringsidecollectibles.com, order this set, get multiples of this set. That's our position this week. And don't forget to check back next week for another edition of the Gorilla Position. And welcome to the Oh My God Figure of the Week. The Oh My God Figure of the Week 2020 is pretty much at an end. Got this week, got next week. I guess we'll do one more. We'll we'll round it out. We'll go into the new year because we'll be dropping our podcast episode on Saturday, January 2nd. But it'll be the last Oh My God Figure of the Week for 2020. So we got three left and you can tune in. Then to find out what our final Oh My God figure of the week is going to be for 2020, 2020 edition. And don't forget to go to our YouTube channel. Check out that YouTube live stream, YouTube video of our ultimate wrestling figures of 2020. Hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, follow us. We got another YouTube live stream coming up on January 2nd as well. So we got a podcast episode dropping, YouTube live stream, January 2nd. We're in the home stretch here. The final Oh My God figures of the week for 2020. And Joe, this is an amazing figure. What do we got for our listeners this week? This week, the Oh My God figure of the week 
is one that wrestling figure collectors have wanted for a long time. Oh my God, figure of the week this week is Hollywood Hulk Hogan Ultimate Edition Series 7. Can't say enough good things about this figure. Man, Joe, it's been a long time. It's been a long time coming. I got it right in front of me here. It's just a great execution all around. Mattel did a wonderful job on this figure. I got nothing bad to say about it. Absolutely love the inclusion of the butterfly joints there for our loose collectors. They nailed the attire. Looks great. They got the belt. You got the bandana. You got the smiling head sculpt. You got the mouth open head sculpt. You got the serious head sculpt. You got the NWO shirt. You got the NWO title. You got the interchangeable glove hands, the boa, the sunglasses. Joe. It's an oh my god figure of the week. It checks all the boxes, man. You get the two additional heads. You know, just this version of Hogan in general, the Hollywood Hulk Hogan version, is great. A lot of people want it in figure form. You know, we got it with the Storm Collectibles, which is a cool figure. This version, Mattel finally tackled. They were able to produce Hogan figures again. Of course, I think this was at top of their list. You know, you get the end of, like you said, the NWO shirt. The cool version of Hogan in the NWO attire, the Hollywood attire. I always loved the uh, boots he wore. So you get those. Those look good. And you get the NWO title. I mean, it just caps it off. Great figure. Hollywood Hulk Hogan. And this version of him is great. It's amazing. This is obviously of Hollywood Hogan during his most famous run, the start of the NWO, the beginning of the Monday Night Wars. Like you said, Joe, his boot design on this is amazing. It's his original Hollywood Hogan boot design. Looks great. Yeah, the boots look great. You know, you get that blue mixed with the black. You have the Hollywood face on it, Hogan's face on the sides. Then you get the lightning bolts up the uh, legs, both legs on the thighs there. And Hollywood on the back with... And of course, you know, you get the uh, NWO weight belt, you know, like the uh, that he used to wear, which is cool, too. Iconic. Used to take that thing off, whip everybody with it. I mean, it's just it's amazing. Oh, so good. And look, I know there are a lot of people out there, like you originally mentioned, they did get the Storm Collectibles. So again, there are things that are great about that figure. There are things that are bad about that figure. I personally never liked the face sculpts on any of the Storm Collectibles stuff. I just it just didn't hit me. But a little more uh, toyetic, cartoonish toyetic than actual real life toyetic. And I think Mattel here gave you real life IRL. This is a Hogan that basically looks like he came out of your television screen. I love the color also on this Hogan as far as the skin tone is concerned. I think it's the perfect tan. It's not too tan. It's not too light. I think they nailed that. Yeah. Yeah, the skin tone on him is is great. And yeah, it's just a great figure. You go to the back of the box. I personally, I don't know how Joe feels about that. Maybe you can let our listeners know a little bit because I've been outspoken. I do not like this Ultimate Edition style packaging. I think they need to change it. But I do like the back of the boxes. I do like the fact that they have the, when you go over to the back of the box, they have the action figure photography of the actual figure. Yeah, you get him playing the guitar on the belt. Yeah, I think it's beautifully done. Whoever's doing this action figure photography is doing an incredible job because it looks amazing. And then you get the obviously in-ring photo of Hogan as well. Yeah, that shot of Hogan, the action figure photography shot, I think it looks great. You get that actual photo of Hogan on the back and then you get stats, which I feel like you don't really need them, but 
you know, you get the stats about Hogan, the atomic leg drop, WWE champion, which tops the uh, packaging off. Yeah, and we'll, we'll read to our listeners real quick. I'll read the short little blurb here in the bio about him. When the NWO invaded WCW, they kept saying there was going to be a third man. To the shock of everyone, that third man was the greatest hero to step inside a ring, Hulk Hogan. Gone was the red and yellow, replaced by black and white, giving the NWO someone to lead the attack during the Monday Night Wars. Yep. I would rent WCW pay-per-views from my video store all the time. So I was a little behind. You know, I'd watch them here or there. And, uh, you know, I had the Galoobs, of course. But this was the first pay-per-view I actually ordered. My parents let me order was Bash at the Beach 96. And it's crazy because that was such an important pay-per-view. Looking back on it, I was like, what the hell, you know, as a kid. And that's funny, man. That was my first pay-per-view I ever ordered as far as WCW goes, July of 96. I could remember, Joe, watching that pay-per-view and the fans just throwing everything. There was so much trash in that ring. Oh, my God. There was so much garbage in that ring. And I just remember, you know, that was my first pay-per-view I ordered. And, I, you know, I was, I was keeping up to date. I was watching Nitro, watching Saturday Night, you know. and I always think of that very Mysterio Di Malenko match that opened it up. Man, what what a moment in time, Hogan becoming the third man. Leg dropping Macho. Talk about storytelling, right? Whether it's Macho and Liz at WrestleMania, Liz coming back after Sherry's kicking the shit out of him after the match, after that retirement match, and then the, the hug and the embrace, you know, and the people crying. You got this moment where it's the complete opposite. We talk about anger and vitriol and, and, and F you Hogan. I mean, that that's what how I felt. I was like, holy shit. We talk about storytelling. We talk about storytelling and then preserving that and the nostalgia. And this is what you have right here, Joe. Like you said, first pay-per-view. One of the most memorable moments in professional wrestling history, right? Hold such a special place in your heart. It does. That's always one of my favorite pay-per-views. And to get that change of, you know, Hogan as a as a heel, I mean, it's one of the best pay-per-views ever. It is one of the best pay-per-views ever. And now we can actually preserve that time, that moment, not only in video format, but in actual IRL wrestling figure format here with this Mattel Ultimate Edition Hollywood Hulk Hogan figure. And Joe, I think that's it. I think that's all. The reasons, whether it be the shirt, the memorable moment in professional wrestling history, the belt, the new butterfly styled articulated joints here on this figure. Those are all the reasons why this is an, oh my God, figure of the week. Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. Are you ready? Wrestling fans, are you ready? For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to And 
Welcome to this week's main event. Joe, TLC's around the corner. Wow, I can't believe it. I haven't even been watching the WWE. So when you shot this at me, I was like, oh, wow, they do have a pay-per-view? I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's uh, it's tomorrow. It's coming up. No one gives a shit about it. Raw had terrible ratings this past Monday. The storylines are all over the place. But you know what? As a WWE watcher my whole freaking life, I'll keep it on, maybe in the background. I'm usually interested in the beginning. Who knows? Maybe I'll be interested in the pay-per-view. I don't know. But yeah, well, TLC's this Sunday. In honor of TLC, I thought we would do one of the best TLC matches of all time. The original Dudley's, Hardy's, Edge and Christian on our main event this week. Yeah, and we're not going to do a watch along this week, guys. We're just going to talk a little bit about the pay-per-view, what memories it brings back to us, and obviously the best wrestling figures that we think represent this match. So Joe, as you just said, eh, you know what? We give a lot of shit to the WWE about their programming, about their storytelling, about the wrestling. But I can say one thing. Every pay-per-view they've done this year has at least held my attention. So the pay-per-views haven't been terrible. It's just, again, like you said, it's the storylines building leading up to the pay-per-views and then the storylines after that they're done. Or they do some really great things where, you know, during the pay-per-view that you wish to see them continue with, and then they don't. So it's, I don't know. I don't want to talk about it that much, but TLC is now a pay-per-view, but it was once just a really, really memorable, awesome match. And we're going to go back here to SummerSlam 2000, August 27th, 2000, Raleigh, North Carolina, and the Raleigh Entertainment and Sports Arena. Joe, you got 17,000 people in attendance here. And this match, personally, I think stole the show. I mean, really, you know, you got some other great matches. Don't get me wrong. Got a triple threat match for the WWF championship, The Rock versus Triple H, Kurt Angle. You got a fun, fun mixed tag match with Eddie Guerrero in China against Trish Stratus and Val Venus. You had an amazing two out of threes Falls match, Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho. Yeah, a lot of solid matches. Yeah. So what is your take on this pay-per-view? Uh, just, you know, briefly as a whole, and we'll then we'll get right into the match. I like the uh, pay-per-view as a whole. I thought it was cool going back to stories, the way they led up to this match, this TLC match, in the weeks before. You know, you had the Hardy Boys attacking Edge and Christian, who were the WWF tag team champions at the time. And after Edge and Christian on an episode of SmackDown had their match against the Dudley Boys, Hardy Boys interfered, attacked Edge with the ladder. Then that led to the Dudley Boys powerbombing Christian through a table. This began a three-way feud. Now all three teams are involved. And that would be heading into SummerSlam. And then a week later, the feud intensified on Raw when Edge and Christian attacked Matt Hardy now with a chair after the Hardy Boys match against another team, right to censor. But later that night, Mick Foley announced that the match at SummerSlam would be a three-way dance, the first ever tables, ladders, and chairs match for the WWF tag team titles. Yeah, it's crazy too, right? I mean, you have announcement by the hardcore icon, Mick Foley, first ever TLC tables, ladders, and chairs match. You have the Dudley Boys in there. You know you're going to get hardcore stuff out of them, right? Pretty incredible lead up. Just an FYI here, I wanted to also throw this out to our listeners. 
there is a match prior to this at WrestleMania 2000 that was not technically a TLC match. So this was the first ever TLC match. There was a triangle ladder match, table tables, ladders. They used everything, but it was technically not an official TLC match. So again, you're building from the pretty much beginning of the year, right? They have their WrestleMania match, and then you get this one and all this further build up to SummerSlam. So when we talk about storylines, this is a perfect example of a long, long six, more than six plus month storyline of these teams facing off against each other, right? Yeah. If you take it at the beginning of the year, before SummerSlam 2000, leading into that, you know, doing the triangle ladder match, adding the the chairs and the tables, you know, giving us a little taste and then building, building, building with the teams, you know, the team's still building themselves as well. And then leading into SummerSlam 2000, adding in the chairs and tables and making it the first ever TLC match between these three teams. Yeah. And this match was incredible. Yeah. Cause they had a, they had to outdo that WrestleMania match. They wanted to, you know, go above and beyond that. They did. And the winners of that match, just for, for all you listeners out there, it was Edge and Christian. So, you know, it's a funny, weird spot at the end. You had a monster spot by Jeff Hardy doing a swanton outside to Bubba Ray Dudley on a table. And then you had Edge and Christian with Matt Hardy. They had set the ladders up with a table over the top in the ring. And they both climbed up and they were going to grab the titles. And Matt Hardy was there. And then he got shoved off through a table. And then yes, Edge and Christian finally grabbed the titles to get those championships. With this match, major build, first ever official TLC. The match on the card clocked in again at 18 minutes, 38 seconds. So yeah, Joe, for this match, the tag champions come out first. You got Edge and Christian. I actually like the attires here, too. I love Christian in the blue. He comes out with that black kind of see-through shirt. He's got the blue tights. Um, Edge just has, you know, regular kind of grayish tight attire. Interesting that the champs are coming out first. Second out is the Dudley boys. They're going crazy. They're in their kind of like reddish, grayish camo attire. This is really the Mattel attire that I love that they gave them in their Mattel figures. And we'll talk a little bit about that later. So they're second out. You know, the last team out here is the Hardy boys, man. The Hardys were hot at this time, bro. Yeah. This was their year, man. You know, 2000. I always think of the Hardy boys when I think of that year. I know. And this is kind of just after, you know, them coming out and, They start off this match right away, Joe, with chairs. I mean, they're just throwing chairs all around. The Hardys are jumping everywhere. They're flying everywhere. They're kicking people with chairs. They're hitting them over the head. I mean, it's pretty amazing, the start of this match. I mean, talk about pumping it up for the crowd. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely get the crowd amped up. Once again, trying to outdo that match from WrestleMania 2000. Yeah, and I felt that this match, because they've had so much time to kind of perfect what they're going to do, it just flowed a lot better than that WrestleMania match. You know, that WrestleMania match to me seemed a little bit choppy in places, but this one is just jam-packed with action from start to finish. Yeah, it is. It's it's nonstop action and a lot of risks too, you know, by all three teams, you know. They definitely 
felt comfortable with each other out there. They felt safe. They all took each other to the limits, I should say. But I think they all took care of each other in the ring. They know what they could and couldn't do, but they still, you know, went above and beyond what they did at WrestleMania 2000 in this match. Yeah. And again, to start off, you have that chair, those chair spots, and then right away they get into the ladder spots. I mean, you know, they set the ladders up in the middle of the ring. Like you said, just the trust that they've built over the months leading into this match. I mean, they really trusted everybody, trusted each other with their lives and how to how to execute those spots. And you know, you had to have veteran teams with this. I mean, that's the Dudley style. You know, prior coming here, you know, you and I are huge ECW fans. The, the Dudleys know how to work these matches. Same with the Hardys, I felt. I felt the Hardys were more risk takers, high flyers. They took the high bumps. The only thing that I felt was Edge and Christian were kind of the outliers in all this. Even in the earlier in the year, I always felt that that team was like the team that had a lot to prove in these matches. And they did. I mean, that's what made them stars, right, Joe? Yeah, especially in these matches, you know, they were the champions. You know, they definitely adapted well, and they they definitely rose to the occasion in these matches. They did, and they took a lot of bumps. So again, as we mentioned to start off, they they got the two ladders in the ring. They're doing a lot of spots. They do uh they do like this um. I don't know. It's like this full Nelson bomb Bubba does. I mean, they're just throwing people off the ladders. The Hardy boys get thrown off the ladders. Yeah, they hit 3D, Christian through a table. They start it right off. It's pretty, pretty crazy, man. And then they just get into the tables. So after all the ladder spots, they get into the Dudley boys, obviously, get the tables out. They're in the prime gimmick too. 3D, Dudley boys, Devon, get the tables. They're setting up tables in the ring. They're throwing ladders out of it. Like you said, they got the 3D through the table. They got tables outside of the ring set up. This is one of my favorite spots in the match. You know, again, mid-match here, they do the four-table spot, the double-decker. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it does. That that was a huge spot, especially stacking all those tables on top of each other. It just brings me back to the... oh. Remember that ECW match where they had all those tables? and Brian Lee. Yeah. Yeah, it was Brian Lee and Tommy Dreamer. Brian Lee and Tommy Dreamer, yeah. Whew. That was just an incredible match. So, you know, again, just incredible stuff. They're just... Jeff Hardy with that, with that Swanton bomb and Bubba moved out of the way. And Jeff just went freaking flying through those tables, man. <laughs> it was pretty incredible. But even just some of the in-ring spots, just like ladders on top of people. I think Edge and Christian did a couple spots with leg drops onto ladders and stuff like that. Crazy. The Jeff Hardy Swanton bombs was incredible as well, like you just mentioned. I mean, he's so high up there. I mean, these guys are just putting their bodies on the line. It's incredible, man. Yeah, Joe. And I mean, after all these spots and everything, it's pretty crazy. You know, they finish the match off here where Edge and Christian, they go up and they get the biggest ladder possible and they just grab the titles. It was a very interesting and anticlimactic finish because the finish basically is Hardy and Bubba are hanging. They're literally hanging from the belts with them in their hand. And then kind of like Edge and Christian just like start hitting them with ladders and stuff and they fall off and then Edge and Christian go up and then they take the titles. Yeah, it's pre- that's pretty much it. They, I mean, remember them yeah, hitting them with the ladders and then they climb the ladder and just pull the titles off and win. Yeah. I mean, and don't get me wrong, dude, listeners, 
this whole pay-per-view, let alone this match, the crowd noise is incredible. <laughs> oh, it's insane, man. Nobody's on their cell phones. You know, it's just everybody's into the match. Everybody's over and they're just going nuts. Going insane. The crowd noise. And this is just during the period. I mean, from like 96 into the, the early 2000s. I mean, anywhere you went, whether it was WWF, WCW, ECW. Joe, you and I both know, I mean, the crowds were just incredible. And I hate the fact today, we're not going to touch on this too much, but you know, it's like if you want to participate in a raucous way, you're taking over a show. No, you're not taking over a show. Crowds back then participated in a raucous way because they were being entertained in that same way and they were a part of the show. Yeah. Yeah, they were. It was a different time, Well, Different time. You could still bring your signs and go crazy and pretty much do whatever you wanted. It was the perfect time for that. So I think that added to the match. Definitely added to the match. I mean, I'm pumped up. I'm pumped up even still sitting here thinking about it. I'm going to rewatch it again tonight or this weekend because it's that good of a match. And what we like to do here before we end this week's main event is talk obviously about the best wrestling figures that represent this match. And Joe, we're going to go into unfamiliar territory. We're going to go for the champs, Edge and Christian, back to TTL. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, uh, talk about from, t- you know, on this show, except right now or when we have to, Titan Tron Live. We're going to be going over, starting this off with figures that represent this match. We're going to do Edge and Christian. What are your thoughts on these? Yeah, and uh, to start the of uh, this Edge and Christian, we were, you know, t- TTL, we don't, like you said, Joe, we don't go back to this very often because, you know, eh, great the head sculpts, but the bodies look a little weird. So what we wanted to do, though, is bring TTL into the main event this week and it's a very tough attire to find this Edge and Christian TLC SummerSlam 2000 match. But we thought the best set that matched this attire or close to that attire was the Edge and Christian Ringside Rivals Series 2 Titantron Live Series from Jack Pacific in 2001, Joe. So these figures are pretty cool. You have Christian in a purple attire with that kind of like see-through shirt on, which kind of resembles the the attire that he wore, the blue with the kind of see-through shirt. And then the Edge, I mean, you know, white and red. So, I mean, you know, again, Edge had a white attire on in this match. What do you think about this figure set, man? As far as Titantron Live's figures go, I, I don't really like, there's a handful of them I don't mind. As far as, you know, this version, the ringside rivals with Edge and Christian, it actually doesn't look too bad. I never own these, but as far as pairing them up with the match, I think these two are pretty close. The head scans look really good on these. You know, uh, Edge's attire is pretty much close, you know, close to the match. Same thing with Christian. And as far as the era goes, I think these figures are appropriate for the match. Rivals set, but again, I think the best set for Edge and Christian that best represent this match is TLC match. But we're going to move on from the Titantrons. Stick with Jax right now on our next set. And this set, oh, man, Joe, 
This set just screams nostalgia to me. You know, here at the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast, how we love the Jacks classic superstars line. And this WWE shop exclusive two pack SummerSlam Hardy Boys. These are the figures from this match. I love it. What a great exclusive two pack, you know, WWE shop exclusive here. Hardy Boys, you know, they have the heads look great. The attire is perfect for this match with the all black. I love the Jack's classic, you know, style in general. It's part of my favorite line. And this two pack is great. Definitely depicts this match. And it's a great exclusive. It is, man. I absolutely love it. I love the SummerSlam logo on it as well. Obviously, we're mint on card collectors, mint in box collectors here. Yeah, so the back of the card is crazy awesome. It's got them on the back with the Deluxe Aggression line and the Adrenaline series line from the RA series. Just an incredible set here. Absolutely love it. And then to finish it all off, we have my favorite figures of all the picks here. We have, again, Mattel gracing our presence with the Dudley Boys. Bubba Ray Dudley, Devon Dudley, absolutely love these WWE Elite Series 45 figures, and these are the exact figures from that TLC match. Yeah, I love the attire on these, you know, the camo with the black and white with the red mixed in, you know, you get both Dudleys here, you know, Devon's got the classic white glasses, Bubba Ray with the big black glasses on. I love these versions in Elite style that Mattel did, Elite 45 here. These are you know depicting this match as well and it, these are great to pair with this match so you got a little bit of everything you know the titan trons uh the jacks classic and the uh mattel elite yeah we wanted to basically take you through a walk of wrestling figure history here and like joe said you get everything you get the ttls you get a little bit of the classic superstars here and then to finish it all off you have these amazing figures by mattel the dudley boys To be honest, Joe, I don't have any of these figures, and I really want these Dudley Boys. I'm thinking about getting them. It's been a long time coming. I was holding out to get a old school ECW Dudley Boys, but I don't think that's ever going to happen anytime soon. And I love this attire. I love the red camo on here. It's just an amazing thing. Yeah, I'm going to have to pick these up as well, I think. Yeah. These are great. I love the glasses too. They got the taped glasses. I mean, geez. Bubba Ray comes with two sets of glasses. It's just a great set. Devon's great with the 3D shirt and everything. And got to get these figures, guys. Got to go out and get these figures if you don't have them in the collection. And if you get all three of them, you can display them all together. It kind of is paying homage, obviously, to the TLC event, but most importantly, to wrestling figure lines throughout the years. And that's why we wanted to do this. Pick some figures from different errors. We think it's a fun way to represent this match in your collection. So that's it. That wraps up this main event this week. That's the one, two, three of this week's main event. And everybody, thanks for joining in this week to the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. Don't forget to go over to the YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, Our video on the ultimate wrestling figures of 2020 is now live for you all to view. And also, don't forget to go over to the Instagram and Twitter pages at SQDCircleAFP. Follow us there for all the new wrestling figure news. 
photos, etc. And thanks again for all your support. We will be joining you next week. And remember, the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast is the gold standard in wrestling figure collection.